I've been here before, over and over again, and each time the same question. Is this it? Will this time be the one? And each time the same answer. And I'm just so tired of it. Welcome to Hollywood and Vine, news, reviews, and the occasional interviews about all the movies worth seeing, and a few that aren't. I'm Tim Beasley. And I'm Patrick. And tonight, we're going to be chatting about The Old Guard. Holy shit, is that nostalgic or what? That is been about, so good. been about feels, 15 years since so we did good. that. <laughs> feels like the first time. It feels like the very first time. I'm like, dude, I wonder if I still have this on my, uh, my post-it uh, notes. <laughs> it's good to be back. I was like, I, I, it was funny because I was looking at my notes and I'm like, do I even have that Twitter still? <laughs> like we have, I have all my old notes on shit, and I'm like, I don't think I've accessed that in forever. It's been so long. I was looking at some old stuff. And I'm like, man, we can't even blame it on the pandemic. Like, there's no movies. <laughs> oh, we stopped way before that. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, life gets in the way. Life oh yeah. Way. We were both living in different states, <laughs> and and now we're living in different states. <laughs> We didn't uh, record at all when we lived in the same state. Not like a single have. time. <laughs> not a single time. Yeah, I was around the uh, corner. Didn't drive yeah. over. What are you going to do? Well, we're back. Hey, man, the pandemic, the pandemic has shown us what's important to us, you know? You know, well, you may have thought this podcast was over, but nothing can kill this podcast. <laughs> Come on, man. Keep, I said you. Keep going. <laughs> I, was, I was like, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Speaking of unable to die. This podcast is immortal. Speaking of immortal. <laughs> you you took your glasses off and everything. I thought you were yeah. going to go with the whole thing. I was like, all right, yeah, keep going. I thought I, I was like going to start laughing. And I, and I also thought you might be jumping in. That's all right. It's all right. I want to steal your thunder. King of the transitions. No, I, I, that's what I thought you were going for. I was like, oh, here's shit. All right. New year, new you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whew. Speaking of can't die, no, I'm kidding. I don't need to go there. The Old Guard, Netflix original. Did you know anything about this story before it came to Netflix, or did you even know it was coming to Netflix, or did you just turn it on one day and there was this cool new movie, cool looking new movie? Yeah, I saw a trailer and I'm like, that looks cool. I um, I think on, on like some of the sites I go to for like comic book movie news, I kept seeing stuff about charlie's theron the old guard netflix and i just i didn't know what it was so i didn't read it because it's like well i mean if, if it's good i'll end up watching it i don't need to yeah read a bunch of stuff in advance so i read nothing about it in advance but then when it popped up on our netflix over here i was like oh i keep hearing about this you know and we we're trying to figure out what to watch and one night we're like let's just watch this knowing nothing about it let's just dive in yeah and i really dug it really dug it glad i watched it oh yeah enjoyed the hell out of this movie I, I like anything that builds that kind of that lore and that that it, it's in a world that we know, but it's like, oh, but there's a layer that we don't have any clue exists. That's what I liked about it is there was a layer that we don't know. Yeah. They didn't have to build like 8000 things, yeah. you know, like, like like when you look at like like Hunger Games and stuff, it's like, well, everything's been split into districts and it's been yeah. 50 years and there was a war. There's like. So much stuff. This is like, no, this is in our world. And there's these four people that you don't know anything about because they're immortal and they hide. It's like that, like suspend disbelief, right? But then you could just buy all that. You don't have to buy a hundred other things first. Yeah. And that's what I really dug about it. Like, okay, this, this works. Like, what you know, uh, you're probably tired of hearing me say it, but when you, when a movie lays out the rules, as long as they follow the rules, well, they kept their yeah. rules simple. The rules are, it's the world you live in. Oh, also, they can't die. That's it. Yeah. 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 Nothing. There's no, nobody's curving bullets. Yeah. Nobody has some special powers. Nobody, they don't shoot lightning out of their fingers. It's just. They didn't get into. I die and then I come right back. Like, yeah, they didn't go, oh, and this has been going on for thousands of years and there used to be millions of them and they, eh, no, just this four. They don't know why. I mean, I loved it when, when now wants to know why. And she's just like, I don't know. (laughs) 
You said you'd give me the answers. Like, well, it didn't say you'd like them. It's yeah. Like, cool. <laughs> sometimes you don't get the answers. And sometimes as an audience, you don't get the answers. Exactly. And I think it's when a movie tells you up front, we're not going to answer this question. So don't worry about it for the rest of the movie. I'm good with that. It's only when they set you up like, oh, this is going to pay off with a big explanation at the end. And then you're left hanging. We are aliens. You know, oh. Right. <laughs> well, and that's kind of the funny thing when you think about like, granted, I, I love vampire movies. I love that whole genre. But you look at some of the vampire movies that are out there and it's like, oh, we've been around for thousands of years. And like, like the Underworld series, great series, starting to get a little crazy. But first couple movies, great series, right? Mm-hmm. But they they kind of build on this like, you know, we've been around for thousands of years and there's hundreds of us or thousands of us and we operate in our own little covens and we get together and they build all this like crazy layer upon layer upon layer like we're talking about. But for this, it's like they, they talk about a couple other people that have existed but you don't know, maybe there are other sects that exist, but how have they not come across them yet? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How have they not crossed paths? But maybe there are, but they don't, they don't make it into like, oh, there's this global network of thousands of us and we help to keep each other. It's just like, there could be maybe a half dozen ever. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's, that's really that interesting. Cool. Cause then you don't have to think like, oh, there were thousands of them at one point. What wiped them out? Cause how could they be wiped out? They're immortals. Like, they talk about the four in the movie and then one that's like trapped underwater or whatever, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. one that's lost to time essentially. And it's like, oh shit. But there could be a couple others out there. And and if they do another movie, maybe you get to see something like that where it's a another small group. Or I, I kind of hope they don't go that route of like, oh, we're you've made it this far. We're bringing you into our... Our underground city of immortals, our floating sky fortress of immortals that mortals can't see. Like, I hope they don't go crazy like that. And I, I know it's based off of a, a graphic novel and I don't know the, the second story, but I got I hope, I hope that's not part of it. You know what I mean? I hadn't read the comic and then I saw this and I, I really liked it. So then I went ahead and read the, the first series of the comic, which is just five issues that this was based on. Can you get it in like a bound paperback or like a, absolutely. You can also, if you want to get it for your Kindle, it's like six bucks. Okay. I don't have a Kindle, but well, you know, you can (laughs) read it on an iPad or whatever. Okay. Like the can, if you get the Kindle version, it was $6 and it was totally worth it. And what I did the the second time through, I, I read the first issue and then I went back and watched the movie up until the point the issue ended and then I read the second issue because at this point I'd already seen the movie. So, but I wanted to see. It had been a while since I watched it because I think I think we watched it when it hit Netflix, like the week it came out. So whenever that was, right? Went back and watched it another time because I knew I was going to talk to you about it, and I was like, oh, you know what? This time I'll I'll read it and then watch a little bit so I can see how closely they stuck to the story. Because sometimes you go read the graphic novel or any of the source material, like, ooh, they took some liberties here. Yeah. And and I found that they followed it. This film followed it really well it's not exact but the things they changed i liked that they changed there's some big things they changed and maybe we'll talk about that later but, sure. but for the most part there's entire sections where the dialogue is word for word i love that when joe and nikki are in the truck and the guy's like what is your boyfriend and he, mm-hmm. he gives him that speech about this man is you know essentially this man's everything to me and more that's like word for word when booker's talking to niall about his son and how your family will start to hate you because you can't share your gift straight from the comic book. Even though in the original story, it takes place in a a different part of the story. They really, really drew from the story. And I thought that was great. So I, yeah, I read, I read issue one. I watched like 20 minutes. I read issue two, watched 20 more minutes. And one of the issues only lasted like 10 minutes in the film. And then you get to the end of the last issue is like basically the last 40 minutes of the movie. And it was a fun way to watch it. Having already seen it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that if I hadn't seen it once to keep breaking it up, but it was cool to, to go back to it. And, and you know, the characters look a little different in the book. So you're going back and it helps you remember like, okay, this is that person. Cause I, I, you know, I'd forgotten the names after a while, but it was, it was very cool. So I enjoyed the hell out of it. So what were some of the, the, I don't know if you want to say this, but what were some of the big changes from like the graphic novel to the movie? Cause I, before you answer that, I absolutely, like, I love that when you take source material and you're like, this is so good. We're just going to copy and paste. Like there's uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. One of my favorite books of all time is fight club by Chuck Palahniuk. Mm-hmm. And there are literal 
pages that you're just turning. You're like, this is dialogue is word for word in the movie. I love that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I understand that certain times you have to change things. Like think about the Watchmen, the Watchmen from the graphic novel to the movie. They make changes on what the big bad is. Right. Ultimately, the, the decision is the same. The outcomes are the same. But mm-hmm. the, the mechanism is different. It still makes sense. It still hits. But I've heard stuff. I never read the Lord of the Rings book, but I heard there are portions of the second movie that are just completely different to the point where the book sounds amazing. And it's probably just like the amount of work and graphic, you know, art they'd have to do for it. And CGI would be so expensive to do. It's not worth it. Yeah. But I'm curious on a kind of a smaller scale movie like this, where there's not a ton of like, they don't, they're not on fire. They don't have wings or mm-hmm. something crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. They're not flying around. They're just people that can't die. So it's an action movie. Well, essentially, yeah. So, uh, and that and a lot of times when like a novel is adapted, you have to take several characters and combine them into one. Like sure. these three people kind of serve the same purpose, but in a novel you can take time and explain who each person is. And, mm. and on screen, you can only keep track of so many people in two hours. So, so I get it, but yeah, converting a graphic novel shouldn't really drift that far. I figured if, if you're a filmmaker and you've read a graphic novel and you're like, this would make a great movie. Why change it? It's literally storyboards. Yeah, exactly. It's storyboards. The biggest change uh, is that in the graphic novel... Andy's a dude. <laughs> Andy has long hair. Well, she does, but that's not the change. Andy does not lose her immortality. Okay. Which totally changes the end of the movie. Now, the reason I think that change worked for the film... And here's the thing. I'm I'm reading... This, there's So there's two volumes of the graphic novel. The first volume is what they made the movie out of. Okay. I've started reading the second one. just started today. And so I'm not through it yet. So I don't know if that's something that comes up in the second one. She's like, maybe she starts to lose it then. Cause they do kind of hint in the first book that they're, they're not immortal forever, that they can lose it. They will die eventually. The reason I think that that like upon watching it today, I watched the movie again today and I was thinking about, okay, think about that change. Like, why did that need to be in here? And I almost feel like there, there wouldn't be nearly as much tension in the end of the movie because it's just like, okay, well now we've got five immortals just, they're just going to walk through this building and kill everyone yeah. and no, nothing can stop them. So it gave you some stakes in that they had to, they had to get out, they had to get out of that building and they also had to protect Andy at the end. And, and she wanted to still be in the fight. She wanted to be the first one in. Whereas the, in the comic, they're just like, we just got to find Merrick and then we're done. We got to kill Merrick and then we can go. And then they find him and they kill him. And it, you know, the ending was the same after that. They, they got together to decide what to do with Booker, but they, they never had anything where, where she was bleeding out. They had to protect heal. her and stuff. Yeah. And and so it was fine in the comic. I didn't feel like that was missing. I, it definitely felt different, but I, I understood why they made that change. Sure. It, it'd just be like, okay, so there's five Terminators just wreaking havoc <laughs> on this building. You know, They have no weakness. But by making her, giving her uh, mortality, it gave the whole group a weakness and that they had to be yeah. careful what they did. So, so there was that. The story of, was it Quinn, her girlfriend from years before that was dropped into the ocean? Oh, I'm terrible at names. Um, yeah, I think it was Quinn. But you know who I'm talking about, right? Yes. The yes, other yes. the other immortal that was put in like a coffin and dropped in the water. Yes. That either doesn't come up at all in the book, or there is somebody else referenced that was uh, an immortal, but I believe it was a different name. So they may have just changed the name. But that whole subplot where they keep going back to it and telling the story of being burned and then being drowned and being stuck at the bottom of the ocean and then how they looked for her but can never find her doesn't come up at all and that they don't have the kind of like the post-credit scene however when i started reading the second book that section where booker's drinking and he's walking up the stairs and he goes into his room and there's somebody in there that's in there so what i think they did was pulled that from the second volume and spliced it into the movie and the writer, Greg Rucka, he even said, like, did we put that post credit scene just in case they want to make a sequel? So yeah. you're, you're set up for a sequel. And I, it, the book didn't really do that because he probably didn't know if he was going to even get to make another book. But the fact that they were making a movie out of his book, he thought, OK, pretty good chance they might want to make the second one, too. So it looks like sure. they drew from the second, which which I liked. I mean, I, I liked that that little button on the end six months later. So aside from those two things. The rest of the changes were relatively small, although uh, the character of Copley doesn't ever team up with them like he did in the movie at the end, where he he bails. Most of that story is relatively the same. Oh, and one other big change. The fact that he's been tracking them and seeing all the good that they've been doing without knowing, 
doesn't come up in the first volume at all. Maybe oh, in the second, but it doesn't look like that was, that looks like it was probably added to, to kind of have a, a an epilogue to the movie, like a little conclusion where they could go into his office because the book does end a little more abruptly. They find Merrick hiding, mm-hmm. they execute him and they take off. So oh, damn. Um, yeah, it's, it's abrupt. Was, was, were the books one and two, were they written at the same time? Like, were they meant to, like he was, you know, contracted to do both and, and it just came out in those sections or I'm not sure because the collected editions, it says volume one on it. So, you know, there's a volume two, but when they came out as single issues, it just went one through five. And then I think it came back later as a one through five. It wasn't numbered six through 10. So maybe he had a story in mind, but it definitely seemed like it was written in such a way that if I don't get to continue the story, it's self-contained and it's done and that's okay. Okay. So not a whole lot of breadcrumbs leading in from book one into book two. A little bit in that they've talked about that there had been other immortals, but, but not a ton. But the changes, you know, as I mentioned, the changes didn't bother me. I thought you you have the same basic story here. You can tweak it a little bit. You get character redemption for one person where you don't in the, in the book. But maybe maybe you do in the second book. But it didn't it didn't change how I felt about either one. So they were they were it was cool like a compliment. It's definitely not the exact same story, but it's also not night and day. Okay, yeah, I was just looking it up. So the first book was released in looks like 2017, and then the second didn't come out until last year. Oh, well, there you go. See, and that's where I'm. I was curious, like if if you're looking at, and and I should say those are the the combined you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. trades, right? So it's like if if he had a plan for it all along. Right. Then it kind of makes sense where it's like, okay, you can give it an abrupt start or an abrupt finish Mm -hmm. because I know what I'm going to do with the next story. But he didn't, if he didn't know, then it's kind of, it's weird from a graphic novel to just be like, bang, you're dead. Okay. Bye. But I'm assuming he had a thought. I mean, most, most of these writers do, but I can see from a a movie perspective of like, we don't know if the second one's going to get greenlit. Mm -hmm. So we're definitely going to shoehorn some stuff. We're going to leave a couple things open. Just enough. To your point, we're, we're going to make her, you know, she's, she's losing her, her immortality. We have to make her, like I said, build that tension for the end of the movie, Mm -hmm. give it a purpose. And then we're going to put something on the end to open up, at least crack open that door just in case this does well, it gets the reception and we get that green light for the next one. Then we already have information to build on and maybe even go outside of that. You know, if he's doing both of them, right, it's his story mm-hmm. so that he could go outside of it and add even more to the, the mythos or the storyline. So I like that. That's that's cool. I like when they kind of pull from from other storylines, too, and just kind of make a, a more cohesive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, some things translate better in certain mediums. So it, right. it makes sense. Well, and that's why that's why I think that the, the final issue, like, you know, the issues, like I said, were about 20 minutes worth of movie. But the fifth issue, the final issue, was about 40 minutes because it's so much action in the movie that sure. it doesn't translate as well to comics. You would just have like, oh, here's a panel of them shooting and here's the panel of the guy shooting back and here they're shooting back and here they're shooting. Like, yeah, it would start to look the same after a while. But it, in is a it film, just all of them can... going in the building and going up to kill him or even or the betrayal in the book? She actually doesn't get captured. Hmm. She and Booker and Nile they bust in to rescue Joe and Nikki. And one of the other things that's different is that Nile hasn't met Joe and Nikki by this point. Really? When she was traveling back um, with Nile from Afghanistan, that takes place at the same time that the, uh, the guys bust in and grab Joe and Nikki and shoot up Booker. So when they get back to the safe house, when she brings Nile to the safe house for the first time, she finds Booker all shot up. Hmm. But part of that is just, it's a comic. You got to compress some things. You're telling a story a little faster sure every issue's got to end on a bit of a cliffhanger until issue five so you got to have like a big punch on the on 22 pages you know yeah. like something big has to happen so i liked the change in the movie in that once she gets to that first safe house when they're in paris you get to know all the characters you have yeah. time with each of them they tell their stories they tell each other's stories you get everybody's background whereas in a comic you can just tell someone's background for no reason usually like in the next issue page one well we're talking about somebody before we jump back into where we left off yeah. so it's it is it's a different medium so you got to tell it differently and so i didn't mind that change at all no no that uh, that wouldn't that wouldn't bug me at all but you know that first issue is almost a perfect adaption they they go on the mission to find the girls who aren't there they get shot they find the video camera that's feeding back that was so cool at the same time the scene with Nile shooting the guy in Af- Afghanistan and getting her throat cut is 
Even the dialogue is the same. Everything's the same about that. And so that first issue ends with them realizing there's no girls there. And then Niall kind of waking up in the hospital, realizing that she's alive. And so oh, yeah. that, that first 20 minutes and first issue, perfect, perfectly line up. And then from there, you know, they just tell the story in a different way to kind of get to the same ending. So that part cracked me up. Your throat is open, mm-hmm. spritting out blood and shit. And then you wake up and the girl's like, wait, didn't you have a cut on your neck? And I was like, yeah, dude, you saw inside her throat. <laughs> like, yeah. I, and then she's just like following around and freaking out. I'm like, I would have screamed bloody murder if all of a sudden mm-hmm. you sat up and didn't have a, a scratch on you. What the fuck? I just put your, your bandage on. Like, yeah, that part cracked me up. I'm like, oh, my God. Come on. Maybe you could say, okay, she's shocked or something, but that was hilarious. That first, that opening scene when they go in and they, they get double crossed. I was like, mm-hmm. that's, that's one of the coolest scenes of them just like uh, getting up afterwards <laughs> and just killing everybody. I love and, and having watched the movie and not really knowing what it was about, when they all get, they get wiped out in the first 10 minutes. We're just like, wait, what? <laughs> does this go back in time now what's gonna yeah happen? what just happened yeah nope they turn into werewolves now right <laughs> i thought there's they're definitely the the backstories that they had for everybody the the mm-hmm. way they kind of i love the idea that that uh oh fuck who was it is a booker that that cooks he makes like a like I forget what the food was that he makes her. Wasn't it like they were eating baklava or something? And she had to be able to tell where all the ingredients were or what the ingredients were, where they were from. Yeah. I love that, that she's been around Mm -hmm. so long and has eaten so much food and has like a super palate or whatever that she can, is it blueberry? You know, like she can tell that's in there. Yeah. She's (laughs) pulling out crazy shit. I just love that. The idea that they've been around Mm -hmm. for so long that they have these weird little, idiosyncrasies amongst themselves and stuff that probably has been, you know, created over what, uh, you know, decades, maybe centuries. And then, and they don't, I really like that. They don't always hang out with each other. They're not always, it's not like they're, they're always in the same little group and they, they have to travel by a pack or something like that. Mm -hmm. They're kind of like, we'll live our life. And then we get together, we do a job or we hang out or whatever. But I don't feel like I need to be right next to you all the doodah day but we can pick right back up from where we left off after hundreds of years they have to get sick of each other but at the same time when they want to be around people they can really only be around each other because they can't develop relationships with others there is a little bit of a side story in the comic that shows a flashback to andy i don't know if she got married but she she met a guy and they had a relationship and then he just got older and kept getting older and just never questioned why she didn't age and then he just got to a certain point that he said, you know, for your own good, you have to go because people are going to start asking questions. Mm. And she didn't want to go. And then she realized he was right. And um, it kind of tied into what they were telling Niall with like, you can't, you can't have your family in your life. You just can't. Yeah. People will ask questions because in the beginning, when she first is, is bringing Niall back and she's asking her about, she asks some of the questions about contacting her family. She tells her, you need to ask Booker about that. And so then she asks him later, and that's when he tells the story about how his son, you know, everyone, you know, will grow old. They'll get sick. They'll know you're not aging and they'll want your gift and they will hate you for not being able to share it with them. But you can't. It's not your power to share it. And then that's your that's going to be your memory of them. Yeah. You know, I really, really liked that part of it that sure they could have tried. Like, you know, she has that point in the movie where she says, I'll stop aging, but I'm still young. My family won't notice yet. I can go back to them. I can still live a life with them. And the reality is. They told her, it was like, no, you're with us now. You don't, and yeah. she says, you know, I didn't, I didn't get a say, but you don't get a say. Something like that, you don't get a say. Because even you notice in the movie, as soon as they noticed, uh, when the military noticed that she healed, they were shipping her off somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she was already going to get experimented on. Immediately, they were like, no, you, we're, we're getting you out of here. And everybody's looking at her weird and nobody wants to talk to her. Like something was up. Her normal life was over. She just didn't realize it yet. Niall was dead without realizing she was dead. Yep. Yeah. Like that, that persona is gone now. Mm-hmm. You have to let go of that. You have to continue on and be someone new, essentially like be your true self. <laughs> <laughs> How much of a dick is Merrick? He's such oh, a prick character. Yeah, seriously. I mean, ugh, he's, he's unfortunately very realistic. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. But it, God, he's such a prick in that movie. And I love the actor. I forget the dude's name, but I love that dude. That is, I have it here. Harry Melling. 
which I know I've seen him somewhere and I just couldn't place it when I was watching it. Think fat. Oh. And Harry Potter's cousin. No. His face. The whole time I was looking at his face, I'm like, I know him. And as soon as you said think fat, I'm like, no freaking way. Yeah. He was also in the Queen's Gambit, if you saw that. But recently. it's Dutters. But <laughs> it's Big D. <laughs> oh my God, that's Dutters. When I saw him on screen, because I think this is probably the first time I've seen him. Because I just watched this when it first came out, which was before Queen's Gambit came out. Right. And so when I saw him and he's all skinny, I'm like, oh my God, there's hope. There's hope for me. I could lose it all. I could be skinny again. But I think he plays, how do I say this nicely? He plays a prick very well. Oh, he's good at it. Yeah. He's so good at it. He's just got the face for it. That sounds mean, but. Well, but you're absolutely right in that if this did happen, if people were found that that were immortal, this is absolutely what would happen to them. Oh, yeah. Someone would want to try to unlock how, and the only way you're going to do that, like that scene where he walks in and, and he's got Joe and Nikki, and I think he says something like, I'm going to slice pieces off of you for the rest of your life till I find out what gives you this power, you know? And it's just like, oh, it's so awful, but they're cash cow to him. And it's not even about, you can tell for him, it is not about property. saving people. It's, it's I'm going to make so much money off of saving people. Mm-hmm. And it's disgusting. How do I, how do I monetize your gift? You realize in that moment why they're hiding. Like one thing that I don't believe was in the book, but was I thought was so perfect in this movie is when the group is taking the selfie and she's accidentally in the background and she walks over and she's just very like, hey, can I take that for you? And quickly deletes the photo and gives it back. And they didn't spend 10 minutes explaining like she has to walk back over to her friends and give the exposition like someone took my photo and I have to delete it so that I'm not in anyone's photo. Like we don't need that. We're smart enough to figure out why she did it. But it was so perfect that they're covering their tracks because you don't even need to know whether any of them have ever been captured before. You just know that they're they're in hiding and they have good reason. And then when you get to that point in the movie, you go, Oh, they have really good reason. Yeah. Of yeah. course people would do awful things because in the beginning, it's like, what's the big deal? They could be superheroes. Why aren't they out and showing what, the, what their powers to the world? And you realize, cause people are awful. <laughs> yeah. And they can, they can still be, they can still be taken down. They can still be hurt. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not like, you know, man of steel, uh, you know, he gives himself up and at one point he just snaps the chains off and he's just like, mm-hmm. I'm here because I'm allowing you to have me, bitch. Mm-hmm. They can't really do that. They get, you know, they're just, they can't die necessarily, right? They, they, they're they not super strong. They don't have powers or anything. They just, you get shot in the head and your head grows back. Like, right. They're relatively immortal, but they're not overpowered or they're not super powered. Exactly. Exactly. And it's funny when you think about the progression, like I was talking about vampire movies and stuff like that you know most vampire movies take place back in the day right Mm -hmm. and then they progress to now and stuff but you think about it not a lot of those movies take place in the future right because it would be almost impossible with the way technology is going for you to survive and that's what i thought was really interesting about this is like yeah she was you know when he tracks through her history and everything is like oh you saved these people and you were at this battle and you did this yeah because you could impact one corner of the world and the other corner of the world wouldn't have a fucking clue. Mm-hmm. Maybe in hundreds of years they would know your name, but they're right. not going to know tomorrow. Whereas now that photo could have been uploaded to the net and then some algorithms running facial ID scans and then it finds you and it connects you and in 20 minutes mm-hmm. a death squad's at your door. Like just the way that the technology's progressing, it's going to make their lives insanely hard and it's crazy to see how they've kind of progressed and the lengths they go to and the and honestly, the kind of suffering that they now have to go through because they can't live their lives out in the open. Mm-hmm. They can't just go about and do whatever they want because they could be hunted at any moment. Right. And then to your point, shit could be lopped off them and tested and studied and they yeah. could be lab rats for the rest of their lives. Well, and Copley even makes that comment. He's like, this is only what I've been able to try, trace back for, I think, 150 years. So he says, who knows how, how much good they've done before that. And it yeah. really shows just how as it's moved into the present, closer to the present and, and into the future, it'll be so much easier to track them. Yep. So that was cool to see. It was, it's kind of like, I don't want to say it's like the anti-superhero movie. Cause it sounds like I'm saying an anti-hero movie, but it's just the, the opposite of like, Oh, I have these powers. I have this responsibility to go out there and be a beacon of light and do good things. It's like, but, but people are horrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and you, you get like, of course, everybody would want it so that they wouldn't die. And you, you, you get Copley's motivation. He talks about, 
seeing his wife die, there was nothing he can do. Like I, I buy why he did the things he did. Yeah. And you buy, I buy his like, um, his redemption at the end. And then, the, but the, the same with Merrick, you, that type of person's like, there's money to be made here and I can't let you out. Cause you might go work with my competitor. Like yeah. if he was truly altruistic and just wanted to save people, he wouldn't care if you went to work with the competitor. Yeah. Right? You would let you be a part of the experiment willingly somehow. Like, okay, you can take some of my blood or you can take cell samples, but no, you're my property now and you're going in the vault when I'm done with you. Yep. Well, and that's, he probably also sees them. They're, they're not human to him. They're not humans that happen to live a, a long life. They're some sort of other animal and that's how he treats them. It's, it's not that to your point, it's not like he captured them and, kept them in a nice, uh, I don't know, I want to say cage, but you know, nice accommodations or something. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, put your hands through the cage and then clap some or something. He's got them fucking strapped down, hooked up, drugged up, all that stuff. They're just slabs of meat that he has to open up and find the secrets to, to make a profit. And that's, I think another reason why I liked that they incorporated the stuff about Quinn from book two, what I assume is going to be about Quinn from book two into this movie and showed her being put in the box and thrown in the ocean. It's like, yeah, we're immortal, but that also means if someone wants to torture you, you could be tortured forever with no end. And the fact that Joe and Nikki have dreams of her because you have those dreams until you find the person. So they know that she's still being tortured and just can never be found and is losing her mind. That creeped me out. I thought that was a really important thing to add that even though it wasn't in the book, in the first book, the book, the book seemed to focus a little more on here's why you can't have connections and relationships. But the movie showed like, this is why we have to hide. Cause this is what people would do to us. Like when like, I, I believe they thought that Andy and Quinn were witches and just kept burning them over and over and over and it didn't work. And then they went to try drowning. It's like, whoo. Yeah, it's just awful. You really get why they're not just like, yeah, we're immortal. It's awesome. They wanted to end. You understand also Booker's motivation. Like if they could use us to to cure other people and stop them from dying, maybe they can figure out how we can die. Yeah. Like you kind of get it. You think of it in terms of like a couple of them only been alive for a couple hundred years. But in the comic, it says that Andy is about six and a half thousand years old. That's a long time. That is a long time. See, what what's funny about that too is I think um, Doctor Who plays a really interesting perspective on that um, with Capaldi's Doctor, where I forget her name, but the girl who, do you remember the little the episode where the girl gets like the patch that turns her immortal, like her cells keep regenerating? Yes. And yes. She's at the, the uh, Arya Stark, she's at the end yeah. of time and all that. But she says in that that very first episode where they meet or second episode where they meet, where he meets her in the future, um, in like the Renaissance time. And she's like, I I have an normal human lifespan, but a normal human brain. Like Mm -hmm. I can't Mm -hmm. remember my past lives. Like I only have so much space in here and my tissue only remembers so much shit basically. Right. Like I can't generate memories for all, like you don't remember what life was like when you were two. How am I supposed to remember what life was like when I was 2000? You know, that kind of stuff. But they don't portray that this way. So it was, it was unique to see them having memories of thousands of years ago or hundreds of years ago, uh, which I, I like. I like that aspect. I thought the Doctor Who side of things was very unique and interesting. But I like this, that she can think back to when she first met Quinn, right? When Quinn's her first comrade in arms, her first probably mm-hmm. love, right? Her first person that she feel safe and comfortable around and, and can be herself and all that. And then she meets all these other people. And it's like, Holy fuck. How many thousands of years ago was that? Right. You know, that's crazy to be able to remember that kind of stuff. Like what, what are the stories you could tell? You know, when I think about it in terms of Dr. Who, one of the things I've, I've come to really like about that show is they don't portray him as a guy like he, he's lived so long. And instead of just saying, well, you know, he's all knowing and all powerful and he's been everywhere and ever seen everything. They also throw in a little bit that he, he's kind of nuts, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know that they ever explicitly say like living this long will just kind of drive you crazy. But there's some times when he does some things, you're just like, you know, I'm rewatching some of the um, Eccleston stuff and he, he kind of flips from like really caring about Rose to just kind of having no regard for life. Just like, whatever. Yeah. We're, you know, we're going to go on a good adventure. It's gonna be great. Like whatever happens, who cares? And you see that little bit of craziness that you, that I, I kind of feel like is that just comes with living for so long and you, you figure, 
you've lived that long. How many people have you seen die? Does life really even matter anymore? You know, mm-hmm. like you look at them when they, when they go in the building at the end, they just murder all those guards. Everybody. That's just some guy that was coming to work that day. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's dudes walking down the hallway that just get killed. Like, yeah. They weren't even trying to attack you. Well, and that's, it's an interesting thing when, with Dr. Who, I know we're not supposed to be talking about Dr. Who here, but why not? It's an interesting <laughs> thing talking about Dr. Who where he, he'll go from times where he talks about basically like he doesn't remember aspects of his life, mm. which maybe it's a, a side effect of regeneration or something, but then all of a sudden he'll have clarity on something that happened hundreds of years ago. And it's almost like he has selective memory. Like he, mm. he probably has it all, but he chooses to ignore portions. So it's it's a unique aspect of that that I think I think he has. I don't know if I'm just talking on my ass there. No, I think you're right. And I think that in times where he slows down and he is, you know, thinks about his life, you see some sadness, you know, you see remorse about things that have happened. And, and in other times, it's just like the frantic, like, got to keep moving, got to keep moving. He's like, a, you yeah. know, I think of him like a shark. Like, he always wants to go on the next adventure, do the next thing. He never wants to slow down. He A lot of times he's, he's telling his companions, like, you know, they just come back from some ridiculous thing. He's like, all right, it's time to go. You're either with me or not because I'm going now. And they're like, well, you know, I want to go tomorrow. I want to see my friends. I want to see my family or invite you over for dinner. And he's like, we're going. You're either in or out. And yeah. it, it feels like got to keep moving because i can't think of all the things that i've experienced or i'll have a breakdown well it's funny because with this they embrace that that killer right they embrace the Mm -hmm. death they embrace the and it's probably because they've lived such long lives They're like you don't fucking matter dude like i can kill a hundred of you you who gives a shit there's gonna be a hundred more of you tomorrow kind of deal right like they don't they've seen so much death just natural death that death Mm -hmm. probably means nothing to them Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so they can go and just kill irrespective of, of what you're doing. But then they also seem to have a code because they were supposed to be going after girls, right? Like they were mm-hmm. they were going in to uh, originally rescue people. So maybe they have a code, but within yeah. that code, if I have to kill, it means nothing to me to kill you. Because it seems like, you know, they, they have a code they live by of, of what matters to them. And then they also have a code of like, there's certain things we don't do because it exposes us like yeah. taking a second job with the same person. But as soon as it was mentioned that, they said that, you know, no food or water is being brought in. It's like, well, then they're not going to be there very long or they're going to split them up and move them. If we're going to do this, we got to do it now. And it's, okay, fine, we're going to do it. You clearly see that, yeah, that code superseded their code to protect themselves. Sure. And it turned out to, you know, be a mistake, but they, they have developed a code of, of what they're willing to do and what they're willing to use their life experience as, you know, I mean, obviously they need to find a way to make money so they can live, they can eat. Well, what are they good at? doing jobs that nobody else could do because they're immortal. Yeah. So, you know, you're watching it and going, trying to figure out what, where their code stops. Like, do, does human life matter at all? Cause sometimes it does. And other times probably up to a certain point. And then when they needed to rescue their two friends, it's like, well, okay, you might just be some dude that came to work today, but you work for this company and the head of this company is going to do awful things yeah. to two people who are our family. Well, to your point with the, with the girls, when they kind of, in the beginning, when they kind of make that decision, like, if we're going to do this, we got to go now. The question there also to my mind that just popped up is like, are they doing it because they're worried the girls are going to die or because they won't get paid? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like if, if I don't rescue the girls, we don't get the money. If I don't get the money, I don't get to go back into hiding and then do a job for someone else. I like to think where you were saying there's a, there's a moral code there. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're kind of, you know, it's called the old guard. They're kind of like knights in a way of, of, of mm-hmm. some sort of morality. I don't know, but there's, I like to think there's a reason for what they're doing, not just make yeah. money, not just keep myself safe, but do a little good in the world. And that's what they tried to say with her is like, Andy's been doing good throughout the entirety of her life. And she's been, you know, making, mu- making movements, making nudges that lead to bigger change or, or whatever. Bigger changes. Right? She's, she's yeah. trying to, she's trying to, to have a positive impact on the world since she's been here forever. <laughs> and Niall said it like she's in it. So she can't see it. She can't see the big picture of what she's done, which makes you feel like she's doing all these things that lead to a greater good. She must have some kind of inner code that's that's keeping her on the right path to do these things and pick the jobs where she's actually helping people. Because we don't really get to see a lot of what their other jobs were. We just yeah. know they broke their own rule of not doing you know more than one job with the same person because there, there were supposedly those, those yeah. girls in danger. So yeah, I, I'm with you. You don't really know what their motivations are besides a way to make money, but it does seem like they have good motivations yeah i thought the end was was pretty interesting i'm trying to remember how many years they kind of like put him on timeout 
100 years 100 yeah you'll meet us back here you'll meet them back here in 100 years yeah i'm wondering what they're going to do so so according to lovely wikipedia mm-hmm. um and some other articles that i've linked out to uh netflix has greenlit a sequel. oh cool very cool and that was just uh two weeks ago that it got two three weeks ago that got greenlit so that's interesting news probably nothing it'll be a while before we hear anything about yeah. it but i know before before that got announced, I, as soon as I watched the movie, I went and looked at, you know, is it greenlit? What's going on? What's happening? And, sh- and Charlize was like, let's take a breather. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. let this settle. Let's see how people respond to it. But if we're all feeling it, why not? You know, and she's so great. She's great. Everything. I think that's the smart move, too, because a lot of times something can be hot for a minute. It's like, let's let's milk this. Let's make a sequel. But then on second watch, you go like, eh, this wasn't really all that great. Yeah. I don't need to see another one or you go like, eh, I don't need more. But if it, if it holds up, if it stands the test of time, people will keep watching it. And then, you know, okay, there's an appetite for more. Yeah. You don't have to make a sequel to every good movie or every movie that, that had a lot of eyes on it or made a lot of money. Some of them just don't warrant one, but I, I am interested in more in both the story in the comic and the one in the movie, but especially the one in the movie, because now I want to see what happens with her and that she's, she's mortal. Like her story isn't over with them. It's not like they said, all right, you're mortal. Now you have to go. Yeah. Kick you <laughs> they out. They still have to protect her. You were they our leader, to... but now we're, we're going to kick you out of the group. Go get a cottage and chill. Yeah. They have to, you have to change the way they take jobs. They would have to change what her role in the team would be. Maybe uh, she becomes the guy in the chair. Overwatch. Like Ned. Yeah. <laughs> because but but you remember in the final battle in the building she told niall like no i go in first didn't matter to her that she was not mortal anymore she's like i go in first yeah and after i think she said like you know after after i'm gone or maybe she said then you let me go in first next time you go in first but but it doesn't seem like she's gonna want to be the guy in the chair sure i don't know that she's gonna be okay with that and that could add a lot of interesting aspects to next movie exactly and i don't know have you haven't read the second books right you said? Uh, I've started it. I've only got. Sorry. I've started the first issue just because I was mainly just curious to see if Quinn's story plays into that. Mm-hmm. And so I was once I saw that it was, I wasn't in a hurry to binge the whole thing and then be done with it. I'm like, oh, I could read this over a couple of days and and savor it rather than just sit down and be done with it and then kind of forget, you know. So I read the first one. I was like, okay, cool. I see where this is going. They're definitely out doing missions. But again, in the book, you don't have the factor of her not being immortal anymore. So it's cool. Like if they want to keep making books, it's great. But I'm especially interested in more movies to see, okay, you've put a little twist on the story at the end, because if she hadn't lost her mortality, then I don't know that I need another movie. It'd be fun, but I don't need another movie because it just ends with like, okay, well, we lost one team member and we gained another one, but we're basically right where we left off. There's the four, four people living together. Another movie, you have this, this added twist to it of like, okay, now how do we do this and keep her alive? Well, yeah. And you've got, You've got now three and a, three immortals and a mortal, mm-hmm. and then with Booker and and Quinn in the in the post credit, you got two more out there. Yeah, 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 two more out there. And like, wait a minute, what happened? Because in the movie, I, I believe it's it's Andy that has the dream about. I don't know if it's all of them or just Andy. I can't remember, um, but they have the dream about her, you know, underwater choking and and dying and shit. Andy does not, because Andy had already met her. Joe and Nikki do because you dream of the other immortals until, until you, meet, you them. meet them. Okay. So when I think what happens when she met Joe and Nikki, they told her that they're having this dream about this other person, which is how she knew that she's still alive underwater. And they mm-hmm. searched for her and they looked for people that might've been on the boat, but they could never find her. And then she says later in the movie that she gave up looking, you know, yeah. but they're still dreaming of her. Now it did jump forward six months. So at that point, you know, the point of the movie, she may have still been underwater you don't see where they are six months later. They may right. still be having visions of her and know that she's out and maybe just don't know how to find her. Maybe she doesn't want to be found because she's pissed that, that Andy didn't come mm-hmm. for her. She's the, she's the new bad guy because mm-hmm. she's pissed at, at and this adds the twist that now your bad guy is invincible and your main hero is not. And yep. the others have to protect her. So yeah, I'm, I'm totally, totally looking forward to another one. I think this would be fantastic. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm not, what what you just said there made me nervous because in my mind it's like four against two, mm-hmm. but really three three and a quarter, <laughs> three and a half against two. I don't want it to be like Quinn, I don't know, creates a super team of bad guys, right, right. bad immortals or something because they, they essentially make it out that there's 
to your point, you dream about them until you meet them, right? Well, they've really only talked about Quinn. And then there was yeah. the other guy that got went immortal and or was immortal, became mortal, died. They right. all knew him. So, okay, there shouldn't be a sort of hopefully if we're to your point, if you create laws in the movie, stick to the laws. There shouldn't be any more. I just hope they don't all of a sudden, oh, I found these other guys and we're coming after you or something, and now it's ten against three and you're gonna have to save her again or something. If it's mm-hmm. just Quinn or if it's both of them, or maybe Quinn somehow, I don't know kills Booker in front of him or something like that, you know, who knows what it's going to be. But I just hope they don't, you know, to take from a, a previous conversation, I hope they don't jump the shark. I hope they don't mm-hmm. go crazy. I hope they don't expound too far. Like we talked about this with John Wick back in the day. It's like, I love that you're giving me more. Just don't give me too much. Mm-hmm. Don't make this too exactly. crazy. Don't build exactly. too much of a world and give me all of the answers. I don't need all of them, but mm-hmm. I also don't need you to go too crazy on this. So hopefully they don't, they don't overdo it. Stick within the realm of what made it great. Totally agree. Yeah, I don't need any more immortal people in the next film besides the six they've shown us. That's that's it. That's all you need. Yep. You can have a villain without her having a team. Unless unless in book two there's more people. <laughs> if you're sticking well, with the this, this story, if you're sticking with the content of, of book two, you know, if there's another person there, I won't. I wouldn't fight against that. I wouldn't have a qualm with that. But if all of a sudden you're making up people or something like that for the movie... Which it sounds like they're going to just do the continuation of the story and hopefully that'll mm-hmm. be it. I mean, I don't want, unless he continues to make books and then they yeah. do it off that. But let's not get Game of Thrones-esque here where we're, yeah. the movies are ahead of the books or you're just building on the story to make some more money for Netflix or something. Let's stay true to the story, maybe make some changes that we have to make changes to and go from there, but. I, I would be fine with a trilogy if while they're making the second one, they're aware that it's going to be a trilogy. I could, if, if they're aware. <laughs> yeah. You built this one knowing where you were going to go for the second one. Right. So I, I wouldn't want to then see that two movies that work perfectly together. And then we're just going to tack something on the end because it's popular and we need another one. And then a Tokyo drift. Yeah, and then a Tokyo drift. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Andy when she was only 4,000 years old. And, <laughs> She's in Rome. She's in feudal Japan. Oh my god. That was so good. It's it's a prime example of what you're saying. Like every time I think about yeah. that when you have a, a great movie and they go, We're gonna do another one. I'm like, God damn it. It better be a good one and let's not just keep building a franchise. like we're in such a world now where we build franchises just to build franchises. Mm-hmm. Yes, Marvel did it, but they've got 70 80 years of lore to build upon right if you're just coming out with a new thought maybe it's great maybe it's great but not everything is a franchise not everything deserves to have a sequel exactly and that's why i said i'm good with a trilogy if you know where you're going and then stop not do 10 movies as long as you know where they're all going man just like give me a beginning (laughs) a middle and an end you told your first story you set me up for wanting more if you're going to do a trilogy it means opens up things you can you can go ahead and give me a little bit more of a cliffhanger in the second one. That's fine. But wrap it up. Wrap it up with a with an actual ending. Not a let's just keep this keep leaving it open just in case. Yes. Or let's let's close it off, but then we made another one so we've got to kind of undo the ending we gave you. Once I think once you move past two movies, I want an, an ending. Yes. Even when you give me one, I don't I don't mind so much if things are open-ended because it does just kind of feel like we're only showing you one movie. We're just showing you a little window into these people's lives. And of course there was stuff that happened before. And of course there's stuff that happens after, but I feel, you know, once you get to trilogy level, I'd like to give me the beginning, the middle, the end. And then yeah. I feel like I got a full story out of it. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you get to the end of, of two and there's a definitive area where you can, like, I'm thinking about it in terms of like, I think visually, right. I'm thinking about like wrapping paper. If you can easily mm-hmm. curve that off and say, this is the story. Oh yeah. Then if you then come back to say, well, we want to a third one, you're ripping that open to put it into the package and build on yeah. an extra layer. And it it, does, it, yeah. it ruins the yeah. second one at that point. Yeah, if, exactly. To your point, exactly. if you've got a clear, concise idea of what you want to do for two and three, and you can have them kind of layer into each other, cool, as long as it makes sense. But if you're going to do two and then three years later go, well, we're going to re-kick the franchise. We're going to do a third one. Fuck you. That's that's when shit goes bad. That's when you get six yeah. Terminator movies that don't make sense and shit. Mm-hmm. Like you could have <laughs> left it there. You didn't need to do more. Like yeah, see, and that's a prime example of one uh, of a franchise that two would have been fine. Like sometimes two works. Sometimes two works. 
sometimes two totally works. Well, looks like we're definitely getting two. We'll see. And like I said, this just got released. The I mean, they said two, three weeks ago. We, we're greenlit. What the hell that means? Right. Who knows? Production right. could be two years from now. At least it means, and, and shit could happen in between now and then where all of a sudden somebody doesn't want to come back or yeah, they see different eye to eye. Because maybe, maybe Netflix wants to build it into a big production. We're going to have five of them. And the, the director's like, one more. You know, mm-hmm. I've got mm-hmm. one more story to tell and then I'm done. And they want it to be something else and then they replace them. Who knows? You know, you never know what can happen in Hollywood. But hopefully, hopefully we'll find out more as, as time goes on and hopefully no stalls or issues or anything like that. But fingers crossed. Yeah, same here. You got anything else for the lovely review of the the old guard? I don't know why I said it that way. The old guard. I give it two crooked thumbs bent on the way that the miles were when she landed in the car. So gross. (laughs) (laughs) When he splattered that car. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. Thanks very much. Hold on one sec. Stop it. Cats being a cat. Yeah, she ran under my desk and knocked out the power cord. So that's uh, why I went. That's why I'm. I'm in. I'm shrouded in darkness because my the laptops are running off their battery. I wondered what happened. Yeah, it pulled it. So like the cables out for power, but hmm. I also use my my work monitors as like my backlit, like my my kind of like my light ring. Right, right, right. And so when that went out, I'm like, poof, I'm just like in darkness. <laughs> He really enjoyed talking about those underworld movies. <laughs> yeah. I am the night. <laughs> yeah, like Hollywood and Vine after dark. <laughs> yeah. Tonight we're reviewing Jenna Jameson's new video. Ugh. Oh, I didn't mean that kind of after dark. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh.